and welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninja Boy, and I'm yet another anime podcast host. We're well into the swing of the summer 2020 anime season. Uh, this season, we have a relatively smaller slate, slate of shows compared to last year. Uh, we have 16 regular length TV shows compared to 33 such shows last year. Uh, part of that is probably due to the pandemic pushing back production on some shows that were meant to come out this season, but also shows that were ultimately uh, pushed back from last season are now airing this season, taking up some of those slots. Um, while that may disappoint some fans, as someone whose biggest roadblock to keeping up with anime on a consistent basis has been uh, there's just too many shows to keep up with, and that kind of discourages me as a content creator, uh, it's nice to be able to ease back into things. You know, this is only my second season since starting the podcast uh, with fewer shows. Hopefully, by the time we have a full slate of shows again, I'll be up to speed and you know have my system down that I'm able to watch everything uh, over the you know first couple of weeks. Uh, if you've been following me on Twitter, uh, which is yet anno any pod, if you want to give me a follow, uh, then you'll know I've been tweeting out my initial impressions on the new shows this season. So not all of this will be brand new if you're following me there. But for those of you who don't follow me, then here's my guide on what shows this season I think are worth watching. Uh, based on their first episode, some of the shows, particularly Decadence, uh, may have stuff in the subsequent episodes that may sway me one way or another. But I wrote out, you know, my impressions on these as I watched the first episode. So uh, these are all my impressions as of then. Um, I'll generally decide to either have three options when I watch the show. One, I'm either going to drop the show because I don't think it's, you know, going to go anywhere past the first episode that, you know, I feel worth continuing on with. Uh, I'll give it two more episodes because there's this, you know, old saying that you have to give an anime three episodes to really get in the end of the kick of things if you're not sure about it, um, which is the most of most of the anime this season. Or I'll decide that I'm locked in, you know, the first episode is just, you know, so invigorating for me that I definitely want to keep up with it. Uh, you know, I also, you know, have shows that are sequels to, you know, other series that I've watched in past seasons. And I'm generally, for the most part, going to follow up with those unless I didn't like that season, that, that show at all. But for the most part, if I mention it, I'll be following up. Um, and I'll also leave shows, leave off shows of sequels where I haven't seen the first couple of seasons. Uh, notably for this season, that means ReZero Season 2 and Origaru or Snafu Season 3 are not going to be discussed in depth this episode because I didn't watch the first couple of seasons of those. Yes, yes, I know. I should watch this at some point. When I do, I'll let you all know when I get to that. Um, I also will generally try to avoid giving too many spoilers, though again, one or two things especially relating to the first episode may slip through. And again, time zones uh, listed here are from the US East Coast perspective. So starting off, you know, let's get into it. Let's talk about the spring 2020 shows that got delayed to this season. I've talked about them in more detail uh, in my la in the first episode actually of this podcast where I went over the spring 2020 anime, um, but I'll give a you know I'll, I'll go over them again. So first up, we have Digimon Adventure 2020. Uh, it airs on Crunchyroll each Saturday night, um, though I generally will watch them on Sundays. This is a reboot of the original 1999 anime that introduces to Tai, Agumon, and all of their friends. Um, it's generally set though in a modern day version of you know Tokyo where uh, you know it's much more digitally connected there's this you know thing called the network which is basically the internet um, compared to what was around in 1999 uh, the first three episodes semi recreated the our war game the Digimon movie uh, featuring the return of Omnimon uh, which is when we got cut off by the covid delays episodes 4 through 6 have come out as of the time of this episode releasing and they're following generally the usual pattern of the first season uh, where they go they make their way to the, the, the digital world and now they're introducing the 
char- the individual characters and focusing on them one by one. So far, we've had Sora, Izzy, and Mimi, Mimi having their own spotlight. Uh, I believe the next episode should have Joe, uh, who has the best Digimon, Gomamon. Uh, don't at me. Uh, one difference from the original is that instead of arriving at a digital world all at once together, the kids are split up and slowly coming together. Um, the series is currently set, I believe, for 50 episodes, which is a bit of a rarity nowadays in, term- in this day when seasonal anime of you know 12 or 24 episodes tend to rule. Um, but I'm not complaining. You know, I wouldn't go in expecting it to be as you remember the original Digimon anime uh, just because, you know, when I rewatched the series a couple of years ago, the original Digimon anime honestly wasn't as developed as I remember it being. That might be because as a kid, I had younger, sta- lower standards. Um, but, you know, in, there's also like semi-limited animation and the story is relatively straightforward that, you know, it's generally relatively simple Mons of the Week resolution. So obviously it, it kind of developed over the course of, you know, the many episodes. Um, this series kind of falls on that track. Uh, if you're able to get past those limitations, though, and you definitely and you have a love for the Digimon franchise, you may enjoy going back to your old friends, Digidestined. Um, it's also worth noting that you know this is at, at least for the first time each rookie Digimon digivolves. Aside from Biomon, who kind of got the sword under the stick due to the timing of the pandemic, uh, they actually skipped the stock Digivolution episode and they have a custom uh, Digivolution scene, uh, which is really impressive. Uh, my so far has been uh, Tentamon Digivolving into Kabuterimon, with some highly amusing images of a giant insectoid body with a tiny Tentamon head on top. Um, but yeah, if you love Digimon, you know, this is probably something you're gonna, you know, wanna wanna follow up on. Uh, next up, we have Gundam Build Divers Revise. It's a sequel to the Gundam Build Divers anime, uh, which is itself a sequel to the Gundam Build Fighters and Gundam Build Fighters Try series. Uh, Gundam Build Fighters, back in 2013, featured a world where the Gundam series was a franchise, uh, and it was even more popular than it is in the real world now. Uh, and there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! Beyblade type of, you know, Gunpla model uh, model makers would compete against each other and have their models fight against each other, um, leading to cool mashups of Gundam from the different franchises and different timelines and I wouldn't otherwise cross over. It's kind of like a sports fan tournament arc series. Uh, Build Divers shifted the series to take place in a VR MMO, a virtual reality multiplayer online game, uh, such as Sword Art Online, though with less risk of getting trapped in the game. Uh, the events of this series, notably the rise of intelligent artificial intelligence, uh, leads to the sequel series Re-Rise. So this, the first core, you know, the first 13 episodes aired in the fall 2019 season and ended on the cliffhanger that, you know, suggested that the Gunpla battle ne- nexus had ties to extraterrestrial life that wasn't entirely digital. Um, episodes 19 and 20, so episodes 6 and 7 of, uh, uh, we only get, sorry, we were able to get five episodes in the spring season before it ultimately got delayed. Uh, and episodes 19th and 20th, or episode 6 and 7 of this core, uh, have actually come out on the Gundam Info YouTube channel already we'll likely be getting uh 12 or 13 episodes total so we have about another six or six five or six more to go coming out each thursday uh, i'll say they've done a great job of patching up uh some of the unfortunate plot holes that detracted from the build divers franchise uh but frankly i'm just kind of watching this because i love gun plot designs especially that of the core gundam of the main protagonist uh and there's only a little bit more tense stakes here than in the original build divers franchise uh it's definitely worth uh you know going back to watch the the first core of this season to understand what's going on and maybe perhaps even going back to watch the original Bill Diver series to catch all of the callbacks. Now, those two shows have already actually started airing, uh, picking up from the spring season. There are a couple more shows that haven't quite started yet. Um, the day these, this episode comes out, we'll be getting the third episode of the fifth episode 
of the first season of Sokugeki no Soma, aka Food Wars on Crunchyroll. Uh, as I've noted in the past, I enjoy the concept and the early season of the Food Wars. It's a big reason of why I got into cooking within the past year. Uh, that said, I'm going to be honest that as a manga reader who's read the completed series, the series takes a huge turn, downhill turn and it kind of sits the bed in the last arc, um, especially particularly this season. Uh, if you want, really want to enjoy the best that Food Wars has to offer, just watch the first two seasons and maybe the first four episodes of season three, uh, treating kind of like as an OVA. At most, you know, if you really want to go in, just watch the first four seasons and end it. Don't watch any of the post credit scene in the final episode. Um, season five is definitely, I don't think, not going to be worth your time. I'm honestly just kind of sticking out because I have this weird completion streak. And I kind of also want to see if it's a tr- how much of a train wreck it ends up being. Um, I am holding out the slim hope that there'll be an anime original ending. But uh, for the most part, I wouldn't recommend checking out Tsukino Soma if you're not already trapped like I am. Uh, a week from today, you know, on J- July 24th, we'll get the return of Apare Ranman on Funimation. Uh, this is an anime original story that tells the, the story of a late 19th, 19th century inventor, uh, Apare, who comes from Japan and with his samurai companion Kosame, ends up in Los Angeles before entering the Trans-America Wild Race. I describe the series as one part Dr. Stone meets one part Bacano meets one part Wacky Races from Hanna-Barbera meets one part Jojo's Steel Ball Run. Uh, we're only three episodes in. Uh, the fourth episode will air again in a week or so. Uh, but we have met a huge varied cast, including a Chinese-American mechanic, a Native American boy, and a European heir to an co- um, automobile corporation. Uh, we have yet to actually start the titular race uh, of the, the, the Trans-America Wild Race, uh, but hopefully we do, do, so, do so soon, as the entire series is going to be 13 episodes. All right. Uh, coming up on the following Tuesday, on July 28th, we have Hokugao Tebonisi, or Diary of Our Days at the Breakwater, uh, again coming to Funimation. Uh, this is a cute girls doing cute things, specifically fishing things here. Uh, the appeal for this show comes from it being a warm, comfy type show uh, without any real major sticks going on, as well as, you know, there's an oddly deep technical jargon when it comes to the specific field of fishing. Uh, we were able to get three episodes so far, so I'm looking forward to the fourth, and this will kind of be my comfy mid week Tuesday, so uh, preferably accompanied by some grilled seafood if I can swing that. Uh, finally, rounding out the spring holdovers, we have Fujo KG Balance Unlimited, aka Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited. Uh, this one was only able to get two episodes in before going on hiatus. Uh, this discovered the story of the discovered the story of the annex of Daisuke Kanbei, a super rich guy who joins the police force and souls crime by pretty much throwing money at the situation. Uh, not necessarily in the corrupt way of paying off the the um, criminals, uh, but in the let me do all sorts of crazy antics such as blowing up the city and it's going to cause a lot of property damage, but I'll pay the citizens back so it's all good, no one's going to complain kind of way with money, accompanied by a Jarvis like but, uh, butler. It looks like he's going to come in conflict with his more old school detective partner Haru Kato. Um, so we'll 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 see if the two are able to reconcile the differences, or it'll just be another crime so crime of the week. So this comes back on Funimation uh, on July thirtieth. Um, okay, so we're about 11, 10, 11 episodes in, uh, minutes in. We still haven't gotten to any of the new shows, uh, but let's go ahead and start uh, with you know 
uh, now that we're done with the spring season, some of the new shows coming out in the summer season. Um, you know, let's start with the one that I actually wasn't able to find a legal stream for. Uh, this one is Great Pretender. Uh, so this one's kind of caught up in Netflix jail. Uh, by that, I mean that since Netflix has the rights to the show to stream it, um, in here in the West, they, they generally do not release shows until all episodes have been completed. Um, so, you know, this one looks like it's going to be 23 episodes. So they might actually be, they might release tw- uh, 12 or 13 episodes uh, for the first core and then do the other, you know, 11 or 12, you know, on the second half. Um, so, you know, this is going to be a while before we can watch this legally here in the West. Um, produced by Studio Wit, uh, which is the studio behind Attack on Titan. So there's supposedly going to be great animes in here. Uh, it follows a pair of Japanese con men who get outswindled by a French mafia man who they try to pull one over. Um, the first 14 of 23 episodes have actually already been released on Netflix in Japan. Um, it's still going to air weekly on TV over there. Um, so you may actually have seen some hype around this show already. Um, that, like I said, I haven't checked it out yet. Uh, and I likely won't until it comes out on Netflix, kind of like BNA did last season. Um, you know, if you know, with mafias and conmen, such as you know, uh, Lupin the Third or Bacano, or those are kind of your kind of thing, um, as are works by Witch Studios, you know, this may be worth checking out. So, you know, I would kind of file this away to watch at some point down the line, you know. As far as shows that I have be- I have been able to check out, you know, let's start with uh, some sequels to shows that I've watched the first couple seasons of already. Um, again, as I know at the top of the episode, no Origaru or ReZero here. Um, I haven't watched those first seasons yet. So one of the ones I'm really excited for is NN no Shobutai, aka Fire Force Season 2. Uh, based on a manga by Atsushi Okubo, the creator of Soul Eater, it follows the adventures of the 8th company of the Special Fire Force in Tokyo, uh, which takes place in a world where spontaneous combustion turns humans into fiery demon- demonic people called Infernals. Uh, in particular, it follows the story of Shinra Kusakabe, uh, who has the ability to uh, imbue his feet with fire so he can fly around and have, you know, fire-powered kicks. Um, he classes against a doomsday cult led by the mysterious evangelist, and he looks for an infernal that killed his mother and brother 12 years ago. Uh, various revelations, no spoilers, uh, at the end of the first season led directly into the plot of the second season. Uh, while the first season had the misfortune of airing during the tragic uh, arson at Kyoto Animation Studios, um, which kind of led to some changes in how Fire was portrayed and some delays, uh, David Production which is the studio behind Jojo's Bizarre Adventure uh, and is doing this so does a really great job portraying the creative uses of pyrokinesis as well as you know superbly animated action sequences um, you know, it's also worth noting uh, that there was a director shift uh, between the two seasons with uh, Tatsuma uh, Mina Minamikawa, um, who directed an, uh, last season so Wave, Listen to Me, about radio production, uh, is taking the reins of this season. Um, the whole first episode of this season doesn't really focus on the plot that I just described. It's more of a reintroduction to the characters of the 8th Company and their unique powers, as well as a broader look at the Fire Force Company as a whole through uh, what else but a fireman uh, you know, naked calendar. Uh, if you would like a slightly darker shonen uh, with unique powers and underlying mysteries, such as Summon King or Fulmel Alchemist or, you know, again, the aforementioned uh, Soul Eater, which this uh, manga creator also wrote. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out Fire Force. You can do so both on Funimation and Crunchyroll. Uh, you know, it's also, you know, the other sequel this series, uh, this season I'm watching is, well, you know, it's pretty almost impossible to have any more than a passing interest in anime without at least knowing of the Sword Art Online franchise. Uh, originating from a light novel uh, online, it 
helped kick off the Trapped in another vi- in a Video Game, Trapped in Another World isekai boom that started back in 2012 and continues to this day. Um, after two 25-ish episode seasons covering different virtual worlds, Sword Art Online Elicization, which covers the 9th through 18th volumes of the light novel, began airing back in fall 2018. Uh, Elicization will actually be 47 episodes itself, uh, which will put at the end of this season Sword Art Online at somewhere close to 100 episodes total which is kind of mind-blowing to think about when this series first started. Uh, Elicization first started uh, in winter 2018 uh, with the first 24 episodes. It then took a two-season break and uh, had the first next 12 episodes of uh, the second half, Elicization War of the Underworld, air in fall 2019, about two seasons or three seasons ago at this point. Um, then it took a two-season break, uh, the winter 2020 and the spring 2020 season, though that was kind of unintentional. It was supposed to come out in spring 2020. Um, but we were back with the final 11 episodes in Sword Art Online, Elicization, War of the Underworld, Season 2. Quite a title there. Um, I honestly can't say you should hop into the series right now if you haven't been following Kirito and Asuna and all of their friends already, uh, nor can I really give you a summary that'll catch you up so that you won't that you won't be confused, that we won't be more confused after my summary. Uh, it's probably best to just check out the first seasons of the anime, and if you like it, just continue on until you've caught up to like, you know, the 100 episodes by the end. Um, I will say that the series does pick up steam you know, over time as the author got more comfortable with writing characters, uh, and I will say Elicization is definitely the series at its best. Um, the first episode, we do have a somewhat of a problematic sexualized assault scene that wasn't really present in the web novels, apparently that was an anime original, uh, and the series unfortunately has a habit of using sexual assault as a shorthand of showing that someone is a truly bad evil person that deserves to die um, at the expense of its female character's dignity. Um, at the very least, you know, you know, A1 Pictures always does a bang-up job throwing all of their animation, you know, skills into whatever scene they do, good or bad. Uh, in particular, this first episode, they had uh, the return of our great savior, the one true client, though unfortunately that means we won't see much of him for the rest of the season. Anyway, you can catch out Cats Sword Art Online, Elicization, War of the Underworld Season 2 uh, on Crunchyroll and Funimation. So from here on, you know, we'll look at shows that are not sequels. Again, I'm generally looking at shows, uh, their very first episode, then this way I'll either be dropping them, or if I'm going to give it three episodes, or if I'm going to be invested enough to just follow it through to the end. Uh, starting off with the shows that I'm dropping just right off the bat, uh, Jibiate is a anime about a pandemic, how timely, uh, that sweeps across the world in the year of 2030 that turns humans into different kinds of monsters, such as weird bat things, dinosaurs, birds, not really sure what else. Um, anyway, somehow this this is crossed over with a weird time travel plot of a samurai and a ninja getting pulled out of medieval Japan into 2030 to end up fighting these monsters. Now, on premise alone, that hodgepodge of things might actually work okay. You know, I mean, my online name is Ninjaboy, I have a soft spot for Shinobi and such, and seeing samurai beat up monsters would be a nice, you know, turn off your brain kind of enjoy the action show. Um, however, turn off your brain doesn't mean that the production team sort of turn off their brain. Uh, I usually find at least one redeeming thing from every show that I watch, but frankly, there's nothing here. I mean, the character designs are unoriginal, boring, pretty stiff. They look like they're trying to go for a super hyper-masculine Jojo or Fish 
is the North Star type thing, but there's no originality or personality to the actors, uh, you know, which just comes out in the voice acting. It's super stilted and awkwardly paced and almost like they're recording in separate movies. Frankly, they probably are. Um, the one fight scene in the opening episode, which is supposed to be what draws viewers in and promises them like, oh, there's going to be awesome action in this show. No sense of pacing or tension. There's like random 30 seconds of just like standing around. Um, and don't get me started on the CG that's used for the monsters. They're not hand-drawn. And honestly, I don't normally have an issue with the use of CG in anime, but it has to be the look you're going for and fit in with the rest of the environment. And the monster designs were just lazy. It doesn't look like the textures were finished rendering. And it just stands out awkwardly against the backgrounds and against the hand-drawn characters. On top of that, you know, there's no real hook that makes me, you know, plot-wise want to stay around and see what happens. I mean, everyone just kind of accepts that, okay, yeah, they're time-traveling Sam right now and we're dealing with these monsters. Okay, sure. I guess there's potential for a fish-out-of-water type scenario, but the characters are just so bland that they don't even try to play into that, you know, so... I would not watch, do not recommend, do not try to find, find this on Crunchyroll. You can find it if you wanted to go look. Um, I'm a bit less harsh on my on this next show, which is Producer Evil X Love, uh, which is also known as Mr. Love, Queen's Choice. Uh, this is based on an Otome game from China, uh, which is a you know dating simulation where the main protagonist is a female lead. Uh, so you know this this character is going to be uh, you know there's going to be a lot of pretty boys. It's going to be focused on developing a relationship with one or more of these four main these four main pretty boys. Um, there is a bit of a unique twist that I actually enjoyed. The main protagonist, uh, who doesn't seem to have a name but does have a personality, which is kind of rare for these self-insert type of shows, uh, has inherited her father's TV production company and is working on producing a show about supernatural phenomena. Along the way, she discovers the existence of what are functionally X-Men mutants, humans who are the next step of evolution who have various superpowers. It's shown early on that at least one of her love interests will has the ability to manipulate time, um, you know, to you know, those separate threats alone or even together would be interesting. Uh, either you know, focus in, focusing in on the realities of working in the entertainment industry as a producer, or in this quasi conspiracy theory, superpowers being hidden among society type thing, or even both. Um, the main you know, like I said, the main character is less of a self insert, but you know, having and has her own personality and motivations. Um, that said, I can tell by the lingering thoughts and of the pretty Bisonin boys and the slower pacing of the episodes that this will definitely be more focused on the romance elements more than anything else that I find interesting uh, using that those more interesting points as a backdrop to push the romance along um, I also can't see a, a fully developed or elaborate power system coming out of this so uh, that's kind of something I'm looking for if there's like a power power system going on so um, you know if Otome games and Bisonin boards are your thing by all means knock yourselves out this might be the show of the season for you potentially but it's not for me so I'm going to pass um, if you do or if you do sound interested, go try checking it out on Crunchyroll. Uh, finally, we have Peter Grill Tokenza no Jikan, or Peter Grill and the Philosopher's Time. It's an anime short, so only 13, ep- 13 minutes per episode or so, uh, that tells the story of a human warrior, Peter Grill, who is the strongest in the land. Uh, this causes him to be um, uh, desired by different women from across the realms of different species uh, who want him to father their children. Uh, biology aside, uh, you know, you know, for for him, unfortunately, for them, unfortunately, uh, he's engaged uh, to someone who he loves very much. Uh, unfortunately for him, his fiance is very, very pure and does not know how babies are made, and he is a red-blooded man with a 
uh, strong desire, shall I say. Now, I'm not against Etchy. One of the only shows I watched this past season, this past winter season before I started the podcast was Interspaces Reviewers, and that was so odd they were cut pulled from many streaming platforms. Uh, there were two things, though, about the show that bother me enough that I'm going to be dropping it. First off, you know, if you're watching for the Etsy, I can't really see the point in watching it if half the screen is going to be censored. Uh, given the way these shows are produced, you know, you have the TV broadcast and then after the series is completed, there's going to be uncensored Blu-rays that removes the censorship uh, that, that is required by, you know, broadcast television. So, you know, if you want to watch the Etsy uh, and you can't find a good, you know, uncensored version in on TV, um, just wait for the Blu-rays. I think that 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 that's kind of speaks for itself, um, you know. More urgently, though, and getting a little bit into the spoilers, I didn't really like the direction the story took. Uh, in the end of the first season, Peter ends up being seduced by a pair of ogre sisters, and he ends up cheating on his fiance. Uh, I took a look at the at the original manga this is based off a few chapters in, and it's pretty much every chapter is just same situation where he gives into his lust and ends up with a different species each time, and continually failing despite saying, "Oh, I love her so much." Um, there's just something about him constantly failing uh, on his unknown and pure fiancé that, that's being played for laughs that doesn't really sit well with me. Um, if the series had been Etsy shenanigans of him being tempted by different monster girls but ultimately resisting, that would have been at least been heartwarming while still perverting, providing fan service. As it is, though, I just kind of feel gross even having just watched the first episode, so uh, if for whatever reason you're still determined to check it out and not wait for the Blu-rays, uh, do so on Quenchil on High Dive, though, again, can't really recommend it. Uh, moving on to shows that I am giving uh, three episodes to at least, um, in a similar premise to, though not as gross uh, as Peter Grill, is Monster Musume no Oisa-san, or Oisa-san, or Monster Girl Doctor. Uh, the series follows a human doctor, uh, Dr. Glenn Latebait, uh, in a medieval world which treats, who, who he treats different species of monsters from centaurs to mermaids to harpies and more, all are being accompanied by his childhood friend, uh, a snake person or Lamia, Safi. Uh, Safi and the patients will presumably be cu- begin crushing on the young doctor who is seemingly oblivious to all of their affections. Now, you might remember an anime that aired summer 2015 called Monster Musume no Iru Nichijo, or Everyday Life of Monster Girls. That one followed the life of a modern-day Japanese boy who ends up, again, hosting a Lamia, Centaur, Mermaid, Harpy, uh, as part of the interspecies cultural exchange. Uh, that series, I think, kicked off a mini-boom in Monster Girl-related shows, uh, such as interviews with Monster Girls and the aforementioned interspecies reviewers. Uh, in fact, the artist of the manga that Monster Girl Doctor is based on, uh, Ziton, uh, as he's known online, was actually featured in an anthology manga for the original Monster Musume series. Uh, I can't help but compare the two series with each other, and in comparison, Monster Girl Doctor is very much less energetic, for lack of a better term. Uh, while they're, you know, the original was all about the zany hijinks and high energy, like what the heck's going on, um, and, and weird sitcom type scenarios. This one is a little bit more slower paced without that zing to it. Uh, maybe it's because it's partly based more on a medical mystery type so um, that the doctor has to solve this episode, um, and it may befit a more steady pace, but um, I'm giving it three episodes to see you know, if whatever pace it settles on is enough to keep me interested. Um, I also feel it falls a little bit short of the world building of in the species of viewers, and the Etsy elements quite isn't quite as titillating as those of the original Mon Musu series or even other stuff this season. Um, in any case, if you do want to give, follow given another few episodes like I am, you can check this series out on Crunchyroll. Um, and if you're interested in more Monster Girl series, you know I've already named some in this discussion worth checking out. Um, another Echiso, this series, uh, is Doku Hentai X 
HX Eros, so that's spelled H-X-E-R-O-S, or Superheroes, I guess, another way to think about it. Um, this is found on Funimation, and it's an adaptation of a manga which tells the story of insect-like aliens called Kiseitsu, or sensory bugs, uh, who come to Earth to seal humanity's emotions away. Um, that includes en- their energy, drive, and most importantly, the libido, uh, in order to conquer the world. Our protagonist, Reto, uh, joins a squad of Power Ranger-like individuals called the Eight Eros team, uh, which are conveniently all high school girls aside from him, to utilize their Eros power in order to fight against the Kiseitsu. Uh, his childhood friend, the Ice Queen Karara, is also looped into the group because, despite her Ice Queen persona, she has an unbelievable amount of Eros power within her. I think you can see where this is going. Uh, in fact, it's revealed early on that she was originally very outgoing, but became an Ice Queen when a childhood encounter with the Kiseitsu made her be self-conscious about her libido. Um, you know, as far as if this series is good or not, what I said about earlier about watching Etsy so applies. If you're in it for the fan service, uh, you may as well get the full uncensored experience, which won't happen until uh, the Blu-rays. Granted, it's not as egregious as what's happening in Peter Grill, and definitely not as bad as what was happening in Inner Species Reviewers. Um, but you know, you, it, I, I think you might want to wait, wait for the Blu-rays on this one. Um, that aside, I do find some potential in the actual plot, uh, not that kind of plot, um, though it's a little bit hit or miss. It might be a little bit hit or miss. Uh, the closest so I can think of as a comparison is actually this one I enjoyed quite a lot called Simonetta, a boring world where the concept of dirty jokes don't exist, where you know it's about a dystopian government that tries to brand lewd, lewd material, and there's this t- guerrilla team that you know of, of guerrilla fighters that of freedom fighters that tries to you know spread lewd materials around in defiance of the man. Um, I also Reminder of the show Gotta Be the Twin Tail, where a high school boy with a love uh, for a twin tail hair ends up becoming a Power Ranger like girl with twin tails to fight aliens. Um, you know, if the show can be more than an excuse to get the main characters to develop their romance and also naked, um, you know, then it might actually have some cool and interesting combat. Um, you know, for example, you know, the, the powers right now just look like they're punching and soothing energy beams, but if the rest of the team have unique powers, that may be interesting. We'll see. Um, I might stick around. Uh, if not, then this is definitely one for the Blu-rays. If you can't wait for that long, you know, check it out on Funimation. All right, last etchy series of the of the season, I think. Uh, it's not even that explicit, honestly. So Uzaki-chan wa Asobitai, or Uzaki-chan Wants to Hang Out, is a, an adaptation of a pretty popular manga series about a girl, Uzaki-chan, who goes to college, uh, the same college as her senpai from her high school days. Uh, said senpai just wants to be a loner and lays around campus when he's not in class, but Uzaki isn't having any of it and decides to inject herself into his life in an effort to fill his days with what her idea of fun is. Now, beyond her at times annoyingly bubbly personality, uh, Uzaki's other defining trait uh, are her short height, her fang, and her sugoi dekai, or her very large breasts. Um, the first episode so far is basically Uzaki and her senpai bumming around town together and exploring different things such as this place in an electronic store, or watching a movie, or hitting the batting cage. And sometimes those sugoi dekai uh, end up being the punchline of the gag, such as, you know, with a, uh, with a massaging chair. Um, at the end of the day, this is pretty much a slice-of-life comedy with a couple dirty jokes thrown in here, and it doesn't really seem to have a deeper plot to it. Uh, it's more of an adult version of the aforementioned cute girls doing cute things to it. 
um, you know, except this one is more cute Kohoi, Kohai doing let's annoy senpai things. Um, I'll stick around for a few more episodes to see if the gags or the situations are varied enough to keep my attention. But if it ends up being repetitive or aimless over time, I may think my he- I think I may may skip it. Um, I think part of my hesitation is that Uzaki Chan definitely has good intentions at heart, but as someone who is a bit of an introvert and enjoys his alone time, I've definitely, for example, seen movies by myself in theaters, uh, her brand of fun can kind of be a little bit obnoxious. So see for yourself if Uzaki-chan is up your alley, again, at Funimation. Now, I'm normally not the, not the kind to watch idol shows, but Lapis Relights uh, may be my gateway drug to that. Um, idol shows are basically a genre of the cute girls doing cute things genre, uh, with the cute things here being trying to make your debut or be successful as an idol group, uh, which is a huge subculture in Japan. Uh, check out the Precure series as an example for this. Uh, that all being said, the twist Lapis Relights has is that the main character, Tiara, who conveniently wears a tiara, uh, decides to attend a Hogwarts-like school of witchcraft, no wizards here, all girls, um, she is placed into a group of the lowest rank possible, uh, Lapis, uh, which again, the Harry Potter details of the different ranks and, and, and groups deepen. Uh, her squad of friends, uh, who all have different hair colors, are at risk of being expelled as they if they lose enough points. Again, more Harry Potter ripoffs. Um, and you know they lose points due to being klutzy and breaking things or just doing poorly in class. Now, presumably, they'll decide that being an idol group uh, as an extracurricular activity will be one way for them for, to get points to save the squad. Now, the series is part of a larger multimedia franchise including mobile games, a manga, novels, and musical releases, kind of akin to Mechaku City actors. Uh, in the OP, you can see there's a ton of girls beyond the main five characters um, that we'll be following, and it seems that the, the, the character designs and the world is pretty well developed for you know something that, that that's kind of like this genre. Um, I think I'll have to wait and see if the idle sequences are quality enough to keep watching, but frankly, I'm actually kind of interested to see if they alluded to dangerous magical beasts in the first episode. So if those show up and there's a bit of a battle element to it, that might be interesting. Uh, only time will tell. Uh, you can check out Lapis Relights on Funimation. Now, next up is one I'm actually of kind of two minds about. Uh, so in Japan, there's such a thing as a rent a girlfriend experience. Uh, unlike, you know, it's not sex work. It's it's pretty much, you know, uh, lonely men can rent time with a woman to go on dates with them and essentially pretend that they're their girlfriend. Uh, such as going to cafes, shopping, aquarium, watching a movie together. Um, all of this is at a set hourly rate, of course. Um, and no lewd activities. Now, this isn't even limited to just girlfriends. Apparently, you can rent pretty much any relation for whatever reason necessary. You can rent a mom, rent a brother, rent a middle-aged Japanese man, uh, rent a white guy, even. Um, in any case, the series Kanojo Okari Simashu, or Rent a Girlfriend, follows the story of Kazuya, a young college boy who gets dumped for the first time and ends up renting a girlfriend of the day, uh, who ends up being Chizuru Mizuhara. Now, without going too depths of the details of the first episodes, I'll just say I didn't really like Kazuya and his attitude at all um, toward Mizuru, uh, Chizuru, um, especially after their first date, um, and frankly considered just dropping the series off of my dislike for him alone. Like, okay, sir, maybe getting a rental girlfriend because you're heartbroken is his particular way of coping with his feelings, no judgment there, um, not my own way of doing it, each to each their own, but when he kind of gets low-key hostile and upset and frankly a bit of an asshole uh, to Chizuru because he's just trying to be a good job as a rental girlfriend, that's a little bit far, dude. Um, you know, sort of try to redeem him later on by making him a grandma's boy, but you know, I kind of get irrationally angry whenever I think about him. You know, on the other hand, what does at least give me pause when thinking about you know, am I gonna drop it or not? 
is that if you look at the animation, especially of Chizuru and in general, but especially in the OP of the other girls that will presumably come down the series, uh, the character design and animation of the girls are off the charts. I haven't seen you know anime girls look this good since I think Saikano. I say I would say um, I'm giving this so three episodes to help me decide if I'm more annoyed and, and that at Kazuya than I am enthralled by the art and personalities. Uh, you can join me in this love hate relationship by checking out the show on Crunchyroll. Finally, we have Japan Sings 2020, uh, which is produced by Insaru and is co-directed by the legendary Masaki Yuasa. So this is based on a disaster novel from 1973 of the same name, and it tells the story of how a catastrophic earthquake wrecks Japan. Uh, it was actually originally set to be tied more closely to the Olympics this year, but it seems that that plot got pushed back, you know, obviously due to the Olympics getting pushed back. Now, this isn't actually having a traditional uh, TV release. Uh, this is actually being, uh, this already released all 10 episodes on Netflix, uh, so you can technically go and watch all of it together. I've only checked out the first episode so far. Um, it's a little bit different than the typical Yuasa show. Um, that, those are usually trademarked by more imaginative and non-standard animation. For example, Keep Your Hands Off Eizuken uh, this past winter season. Um, this one has a lot more realistic season uh, animation as it follows the four members of the Muto family as they try to find each other in the aftermath of that devastating earthquake. Now, this show could go a couple of directions. It could be about the resilience of mankind and of this family in particular as they work together to survive, or it could go all Walking Dead disaster porn and try to, you know, sock us, and sock us with the terribleness of humanity. Based on the discussion I've seen online, I have suspicion it's probably going to be the latter, and I'm, that's not really something I'm interested in, and I'm not super optimistic about this show based on that, but I'll give it three episodes to try to win me over, uh, if only on the strength of Masaki Yuasa's name alone. All right, that's the biggest section of this episode I'm going to talk about. Uh, we have, I believe, four more episodes, four more shows I'm going to be checking out that I'm already all in on watching. Um, uh, that are not sequels to pre-existing shows. So technically, this first show is a sequel to a series, um, but I actually didn't watch the original, and presumably because it's a spin-off I'm not of an anthology series, I'm not going to be missing out on much anyway. Um, as I noted earlier in the episode, I have a little bit of a soft spot for Ninja, so it's no surprise that uh, Ninja Collection has me interested. Um, it's a short series, you know, only four epi- four minutes per episode, not even 13, um, that tells, um, you know, so that tells the story of Ninja in modern-day Japan. Now, this is ba- this is the se- spin-off of a so-called Yami Shibai, uh, which is, again, another four-minute short uh, series um, that tells the story of Japanese mythology and local urban folklore, um, which Japan has no shortage of. And it's been going on for seven seasons now. Now, I haven't actually watched any of Yamashibai, but it does seem visible enough. Uh, the other main element that makes this show interesting, aside from the ninja element, uh, is the fact that they use a unique form of animation. It's not stop motion. It's kind of, you know, it's not... F- it's almost as if they're paper cutouts, right? Um, it's, this is because Yamishibai, and by extension Ninja Collection, is based on the Kamishibai uh, form of storytelling from Japan. Uh, they use paper, this is paper dramas done on a miniature stage using two-dimensional puppets to illustrate the stories. Between this unique art style where, you know, the character models don't really change that much, they're kind of replaced with different 2D puppets, it looks like, um, as well as you know, the, the ninja part. I'm, I'm. It's not too much of an investment to keep. It's only four, four minutes a week, so I might as well check it out. It's kind of like a low risk, high upside potential. Um, so yeah, I, I have watched another sort, similar sort story, um, not Yamishibai, Kagewani, uh, which is also about you know mysteries. In their case, you know, cryptids and and extraordinary creatures. Um, in that you know, um, 
Kamisi by paper telling, uh, paper paper drama, uh, mystery story. Um, you can give Ninja Collection a watch on Crunchyroll. I'm not quite sure what day of the week it is, but um, you can find it on there. Uh, on to the regular length length shows. Mao Gaokin no Fueki Gosa or uh, Demon King Academy Misfit uh, is is one that I'm really enjoying. So the story here is that two thousand years ago in this you know medieval world with you know demons and humans and who knows what else, um, the demon king of the world died. Uh, demon kind, who looked very human like, but that's just me, uh, has an academy where the descendants of said demon king go to school to learn how to be properly evil demons uh, while they wait for him to reincarnate. Well, said demon king. Anos ends up reincarnating, and at the age of one month old, he ends up uh, grow- rapidly growing into a into a you know seventeen year old boy body or something like that. Um, he ends up you know going to the academy, uh, though no one seems to recognize him as the reincarnation for some reason. Now, one of the tropes of shonen anime that I really enjoy is that of constant improvement. Uh, sometimes the main characters will start with nothing but a dream and eventually get stronger or something they sort of decently strong they have a unique trait to them uh, but ultimately they'll face stronger enemies and they have to get stronger to beat them um, and that forces them to train and develop their skills and I love me a good one in series that follows this track that being said it's it's great once in a while to have a series where the main character is completely overpowered and the spectacle of just seeing them you know defile expectations as people don't believe that he's actually this powerful but he ends up beating their asses you know with every encounter without even trying um slightly different from you know the sort of online situation where the character is inexplicably overpowered with no real reason he's supposed to be struggling and have facing these hard enemies but he ends up you know struggling but ultimately winning and there's no tension at all here there's no illusion that there's supposed to be tension he's just supposed to be so overpowered as like okay it's just funny just how overpowered he's like squishing a bug um and that's what this was about so for instance in the in the first episode as part of the entry exam for the academy, the, the candidates need to take place with a duel with each other. There's this one arrogant, you know, antagonistic character that faces the Demon King, but he is promptly killed with a word and then reincarnated and then killed again and then reincarnated again over and over again until he surrenders and gives up, kind of embarrassing him. Uh, that kind of OP power is just highly amusing to watch, uh, especially when there's just some smugness around the protagonist instead of the blank, blank slate self-insert power fan. Um, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Even if it's just every week him just kind of kicking ass like this, um, I, I'd be in for this. So, also as a plus, his parents are absolute joys to watch, uh, gushing over their month-old son and being so proud of him. I'd love to see more of his parents every week, um, and you can do so also uh, at Crunchyroll um, as well. Uh, next up, we have the anime original series Decadence. So, again. There are spoilers for the second season that kind of change how this goes, but I'm going to try to describe it based on the first episode alone. Uh, so set in a post-apocalyptic world where creatures known as Gadol uh, attack humans, humanity has retreated to the mobile fortress city of Decadence uh, and support the warriors, the non-human warriors known as the Power uh, or the Gears who end up fighting the Gadol. Um, some humans do end up joining the Power, but for the most part, that's relatively rare. The main character, Natsume, was orphaned and lost her right hand 
in a Gadol attack uh, as a child and now works as an armor cleaner, uh, kind of like a window washer on the outside of this massive moving fortress. Uh, if you read my tweet on the series, you'll know that it's kind of described this as one part attack on Titan, you know, the, the, the gear that the power used to fight the Gadols uh, allows them to float in mid-air, much like the 3D maneuver gear of the Survey Corps. Uh, it's one part Mortal Engines, that movie from Peter Jackson that failed at the box office, but also had, was about these giant cities traveling a post-apocalyptic Earth. Uh, one part Mad Max, you know, the weird apocalyptic world and quasi-human warriors, and one part Pacific Rim. Uh, no spoilers for the ending, but the climax of the first episode was just incredibly hype. Um, and all the while, you know, Natsume, she wants to move on from being an armor cleaner to, despite her missing right arm, end up joining one of the power. Um, I'm also going to guess that there's some sort of conspiracy and the final ep- images of the episode kind of remind me of the show Psychopaths and that there's some sort of mystery or conspiracy going on. Um, you do learn more about this in season in episode two, but again, I'm not going to really talk about that here. Um, the great part about having an anime original series like this is that between the mystery and the great action, such as Kill a Kill a couple of years back, that the discussion and speculation for what'll happen week to week, as well as gushing over the amazing animation, just makes really enjoying it so fun, especially since there's no one potentially spoiling anything who from someone who has supposedly has read the source material, since there's none. Um, as far as execution, the animation is pretty great. It's done by Studio Nut, who did the new Fully Cooly series, as well as Tanya the Evil Witch, which I didn't watch, but apparently was well animated. Um, director and writer is Yuzuru Tachikawa, who not only directed the highly popular Mob Psycho 100, which, again, I also need to watch, but also Death Note. Oh, that, sorry, not Death Note, Death Parade as well. Um, you know, everyone put your hands up. Uh, the animation director and writer have also worked with him on these same projects, so we got a solid core of producers here. Um, I'm eager to see where this series goes. You can check it out on Funimation. At you can check it out on Funimation. Uh, finally, following up on last season's webtoon hit Tower of God, Crunchyroll is back with another production of Manhua, this time based on The God of High School. Um, as I've related to multiple, multiple times throughout the episode, I'm a big lover of hot-blooded shonen anime, especially those with highly animated combat scenes and doubly so for those with tournament arcs. Um, as I look at this series, it's basically a huge all martial arts competition among different styles of high school students in Korea, and you know all of all of that is just what I just described, right? Uh, I remember reading some titles of this manhwa a while back, and you know I think it goes a little bit crazy with some crazier powers, which not hinted at all in the in the first episode, except for like one scene, um, and it's gonna get crazy in a great way. Uh, Studio Mappa is an amazing job, some of the best animations of the season, and I'm really looking forward to Jin Mori and his friends kick ass each, season, uh, each episode. Um, it's just the right combination of realistic co- co- uh, combat mixed with the over-the-top situations and reactions, and again, all backed by amazing animation that gets your blood pumping. Uh, this airs on Mondays, and this is the perfect way to start your week. Again, check it out on Crunchyroll. So that's all the anime I'm watching this season. Um, kind of doing a final tally that is six shows from the spring season that got delayed due to COVID. Uh, one show that I cannot find a legal stream for, uh, thanks Netflix sale. Two sequels um, that I will be following up on. Three shows that I'm going to be dropping. Six shows that I'm definitely I'm giving three episodes to to see if they're going to keep me or, or lose me. And four new shows I'm definitely committed to watching. That's a total of 22 shows I have watched that watched this season one way or another. Uh, we'll see where I'll end up with all of my three episode shows, uh, if they get dropped or not. 
And it's a pretty healthy mix of different styles, but um, it looks like I'll end up somewhere between 12 and 18 stills total. Uh, a bit more than normal, but again, most of those are leftovers from the spring. Uh, and because those will either pick up halfway through the season or have already started, but will end halfway through the season, um, it's not going to be super, super crazy. Um, by next week, I still have a better idea. Next episode, I still have a better idea about uh, which shows I'm going to be dropping and keeping from the three episode rule, and I'll let you know uh, which ones those will be. Um, I will say my season is a lot more weak and heavy. Uh, six of the shows air on, on Fridays and 10 on the weekend. That's like, you know, over half. Um, and almost all of the show, uh, yeah. And then compared to last season where Fun and Mason had most of the good shows, um, barring one or two, um, it seems like Crunchyroll is kind of the go-to platform this season. Uh, only really Decadence is one that's a must-watch on Fun and Mason for me. Um, again, aside from the pandemic holdovers. Um, given that I'm very annoyed at the Fun and Mason app on my phone, it constantly restarts after maybe... 30 seconds, I need to watch a 20-minute episode over an hour or more, um, you know, that may or may not have an effect on whether or not I keep a show that's exclusive to that platform. Um, my In summary, kind of my top five for the season, again, excluding the spring anime, uh, in no particular order, something like there's Fire Force Season 2, Sora Online, Isolation War of the Underworld Season 2, uh, The God of High School, Decadence, and Demon Academy is a misfit. Um, in any case, that's a wrap on my first impressions of the summer 2020 anime season uh, and yet another episode of yet another anime podcast. Uh, which shows are you watching? Which do you want to turn out on top? Uh, which ones will be disappointments? Which ones have I missed? Uh, is it bad that I haven't watched Oregao or ReZero yet? Uh, you can let me know again at Twitter on yet another anime pod or on uh, um, yet another anime podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Mal at user ninjaboy333, boy with an I. A link to that, as well as iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, will all be in the show notes. Uh, you can leave a review on one of those platforms or on podsafe.com. It really, really helps. Uh, intro and outro music is provided by Suichi Sakagami at tandes.com. Editing and production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. Uh, that's it for this episode. We are on the first and third Friday of each month. Uh, until next time, see you, Space Cowboy. Bang. <laughs>